The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back. It's hour number two of the early line here on a Tuesday morning on SportsGrid. I'm Kevin Walsh. I'm joined, of course, by Donnie Wright side in the college basketball slate today is pretty good. I think we're getting to the part of the calendar where people are certainly filling their midweeks with the college basketball. And uh, we're not that far away from when people really start to ramp up their involvement in this sport. The Big 12 delivers, though, tonight. We've got multiple ranked ranked games as well as another spot where an unranked team lays a number to a ranked team in their own building. Let's get involved early here with the battle between Kansas State. Actually, before I do that, sorry, DRS, again, i just yeah. like to kind of do this update for myself, for yourself, yep. and for the people. Numbers starting yep. to develop here on college basketball. Yep. Are we almost deep enough in? Yeah, we're, we're just about there. And also, when you take a look at and, and it's a very good point that you brought up because sometimes it's just the evolution of the seasons that come through. Less and less NFL games, which means more time to spend on college basketball and the NFL. It's that right time. And also, most of these leagues now, five, six, seven, eight games into conference play. That's where you know exactly where some of these teams stand now. So it's a good point that you brought up right now. We are just about on that edge of, all right, let's have a lot of fun here in college basketball. Fantastic. Let's do it. The Big 12, yeah. we begin with Kansas State and Kansas, number 13 versus number two, K-State is a slight home dog catching two points. Nice total here, 147 and a half. What do you see in this matchup in the Big 12? It's a really good one here. From the Octagon of Doom, Kevin, you'll like that there, Bramlage Coliseum in the little apple of Manhattan. But if we're taking a look at both of these teams, Kansas coming into this game 16-1 overall. How about this? A 10-game winning streak, which includes 5-0 here in the Big 12. K-State 15-2. They actually were had a 9-game win streak, Kevin, before getting tripped up to TCU and now sit at 4-1 in the Big 12 overall. This should be a very good tempo game as, as you take a look at it, getting up and down the court. But having said that here, here's what we like. Kansas is a great three-point shooting team. Now, Kansas State, great at defending the three. So something that you really like to do in conference play, the other team tries to take it away from you. The old Bill Belichick theory, but also, as you've seen so many times in college, you look at these lines and sometimes you scratch your head just a little bit. Home court advantage in conference play is massive. I'll take the slight dog here mm -hmm. in Kansas State over Kansas here in the Battle of Kansas. K-State not only have been, you know, kind of blowing through maybe some expectations, winning games, but yeah. they are 12-5 and five against the spread overall on the season. They've been a very impressive group in that regard, 4-1 and one so far in Big 12 play. They've been a good side-to-back here catching that short number. Game number two, 
Another spot where low-ranked team is your favorite. It's Iowa State. In the room building, they're going to lay three and a half points to the Texas Longhorns. Total for this one, much lower, as you would expect for a Texas game, 131 and a half. Do you see some value here on the Longhorns catching some points? How about this little clash in style, right? Texas comes in 4-1 in Big 12 play. Iowa State also 4-1. But Texas, as we know, likes to get a little bit of tempo here. Iowa State likes to slow it down. Now, just in conference play alone, you got some two pretty good numbers to look at here. Iowa State, number one overall in Big 12 defense. But how about this? Number one in being efficient on offense here. So we're looking at both sides of the basketball. I'm going to go ahead and take another home team. little Hilton magic is going to happen tonight. Iowa State takes down Texas. Texas, although a very limited sample size so far, have actually been playing some overs in Big 12 play, 3-1-1 one, one to that mm-hmm. listed number there. We'll see if the pace gives you enough on that number. We'll bring the radio audience into the fold here on this Tuesday morning. You are watching and listening to the early line, Sirius XM, Channel 159, Kevin Walsh and Donnie Wrightside. Those are two of the uh, Big 12 games that we wanted to get to. The other one involves Texas Tech and Baylor. The Baylor Bears have had an interesting season, currently 12-5, and five, under 500 in Big 12 play. They go up against Texas Tech. Texas Tech's a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Now, we've seen, again, this to me is a – this is college basketball, right? Unranked team laying at, in their own building a short number to a ranked opponent. But what caught me a bit by surprise is the fact that Texas Tech is 0-5 so far in Big 12 play. We know that teams can be scrappy in conference, but 0-5 in Big 12 play, and they're now favored to get their first win against the Baylor Bears. How do you see it? Yeah, it is interesting that you read that, but if you take a look just in conference play alone here, Baylor actually has the worst defense in the conference along with the best offense. It's really interesting where Scott Drew and the company, you know, just spending more time, I guess, on offense at this point, but also Texas Tech's defense, excuse me, offense is terrible matching up with Baylor's defense. So who knows what's going to happen? That's a complete toss up. But you know where this game might be decided here, Kevin, at the free throw line. If you look at Baylor's offense in conference play, it's number one at getting to the free throw line. But how about this? Texas Tech's in conference play, number one at not letting you get to the free throw line. So when we switch that up and take a look at point distribution for each team, how about this? Almost 30% of the points that Baylor scores is from the free throw line in conference play. Conversely, only 12% of the total point distribution going against Texas Tech comes from the free throw line going against them, number one in the conference. I don't really have a play on this game, but it is interesting that a team that doesn't have a win in conference play is a favorite here. And I guess what they say is you just don't walk in the United Supermarkets Arena and expect to come out with a victory, Kevin. I, I think that's what they've said for many years, man. Yes. They, they, man, you want to go to the supermarket? Yeah. You, you better watch yourself getting involved uh, in that building. Uh, these are not the only, uh, the Big 12, though, not the only conference offering up some great games. Wake Forest is a home favorite, unranked against ranked Clemson. Short number there is a two. Tulane catching 10 points in their own building from number one Houston and Mississippi State catching seven from Tennessee. We go over to the NBA after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. 
Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love, all at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. market is certainly starting to catch my attention there's a lot of players that feel relevant in this space right now the favorite to win it is Nikola Jokic it would be his third consecutive MVP award Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Jason Tatum and Joel Embiid round out the top five odds to win this award a couple of these guys involved tonight one of them was involved yesterday which was Jason Tatum and a 51 point performance against the Charlotte Hornets To start there quickly, Don, I'm a bit surprised as I follow the Jason Tatum movement in the MVP market. He has had moments as the favorite, a couple of moments as the favorite. And it's always felt built on the fact that the Boston Celtics are the best team in the NBA, at least from a record perspective. Well, that's still true. They have the best record in the NBA, a multi-game lead, in fact. And yet he's 6-1. to fourth best odds for Jason Tatum. Now, I don't think he's the best player in the NBA. I'm not sure if he's the top five player, but it is interesting to see the fact that even after performance, Tatum, they believe, has a couple of mountains to climb to really, really be involved in the midst of this race. It's 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 a great point you bring up because, you know, sort of these markets, we don't see that much movement in the NFL because it's week to week, right? And you're going to react and depending who you're going to play, maybe get a bump. But Tatum was in the lead here. And you say, well, yeah, he probably had a bad month, right? Well, take a look at the month so far here in the month of January. 31 mm-hmm. points a game, nine rebounds and five assists and fresh off a 51-point performance before that was 33. Brown has been out. They're still winning basketball games. That's usually what you look towards. And he's no longer plus 200, plus 250, plus 300. He's 6-1 to one right now. So the, the, the market being this fluid is kind of odd because – I don't know where he lost it other than, well, Jokic and Doncic put up ridiculous numbers, but so does Jason Tatum. But Tatum wasn't putting up 50-point performances every single night, which is why he was the leader. He was still having very good nightly performances. I don't know if there's going to be a buyback at a future date, but it's one of those games where sometimes Kevin, you look and say, okay, he got 51. Where does he sit? And he goes, six to one. Did he lose value by dropping 51 points in a victory? It just seems kind of odd that he's now toiling there at 6-1 to when he was a leader for a good part of the season. And it feels like it could create some value. However, I'm struggling a little bit to figure out what's value through how I would approach 
betting or maybe even voting is the appropriate term and what everybody's going to do. Nikola Jokic is the favorite at plus 175. And it's really, I'll be honest, it's bothering me to no end. And I love Nikola Jokic, by the way. He's one of my favorite players to watch in the league. I take some pride in a big man going out there and being as flashy and good as he is with the basketball. It's an absolute treat. I understand that he leads the NBA in every single efficiency metric, whether that be box score plus minus, win shares, value over replacement. However, as I mentioned last week, that does not matter. LeBron led value over replacement eight years in a row. He never, won, he never won three straight. In fact, he doesn't have eight MVPs. Michael Jordan did the same exact thing. He does not have eight MVPs, nine MVPs, and he never won three in a row. The last time somebody won three in a row was Larry Bird. And Larry had proved quite a bit in the playoffs as well. And I know that the Jokic playoff thing is probably not primarily his fault, but this is usually the bar that we put on players. Nicole Jokic is plus 175, Donnie. And damn it, we are a midway point, all-star break. This voter poll ran by ESPN again. To seeing this guy flip to minus 200, to three-peat as the MVP. And I got to be honest with you, I don't know what to do with it. Everything that I know about the NBA tells me that Jokic entered this season with no chance to win the MVP, but it told me the same thing last year. And he won the MVP as the sixth seed in the Western Conference. I know they've got the best record in the West tied with the Memphis Grizzlies. I don't care. I don't care if he averages a 40-point triple-double. I don't care. He's not, by the way. It's about a 25-point triple-double. But, Donnie, I have to look at the odds. Are we really going to see Nikola Jokic win a third consecutive MVP award? Yeah, in the month of December, averaged a triple-double. In the month of January, averaged a triple-double. It's really impressive. But also, Kevin, when we talk about some of this fatigue, right? Do you remember, it wasn't so long ago where the triple-double in the NBA was sensational and would lead SportsCenter. Did you see that game? Let's say, my goodness, 24 mm-hmm. points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. We never see that. Then Russell Westbrook ruined it by averaging a triple-double for an entire season and then goes out the very next year and gets triple-doubles. Like, ah, that's old school yesterday. But also, don't you think there's some points that are taken away because well, let's just say Jokic is one of the better players in the NBA. Is anybody looking right now and marching to the sportsbook on, you know what, that's my playoff team. Jokic is going to lead this team to an NBA title. It just feels like he's the best player on that team. Then you come to the playoffs, they get wiped off the face of the earth. He's the MVP. We start again the next year. He can't be MVP. There he is averaging triple doubles and looks like he's in the MVP conversation again. Because again, this isn't voted just by metrics. It's voted on human beings, voting for other human beings. So he sits there as a plus 175 as the decided favorite here. How does he get knocked off? Because Kevin, what happens if he just goes about his merry way and averages 21, 10, and 10 the rest of the way? Is he going to lose market share at that point here? Do they need the Denver Nuggets to secure the number one overall seed in order him to get that? But I hear where you're coming from. I really do. And to your point, do you know who's the favorite in the West? It's not the Nuggets. If you have the best player in the NBA and the best record in your conference, you're probably going to be favored to win your conference. Instead, it's a 500 basketball team in the Golden State Warriors because nobody thinks Jokic is the best player in the NBA. 
That's the truth of it. Nobody thinks that. Nobody thinks he's better than Giannis. Not with a straight face, at least. It'd be ridiculous to think that. You all know he's not better than Giannis Antetokounmpo. Now, Giannis, to even go, go into some of the games today, Giannis is having a bit of a down season. I'm not telling you that Giannis is, should be the favorite to win the MVP award, but Giannis has still got the Milwaukee Bucks with, in striking distance of the best record in the NBA. Giannis has been without Chris Middleton essentially all of last season. And by the way, a down season for Giannis is 31-12-5. and five. So still looks pretty fantastic to me from this lens here. And then, of course, there's Luka Doncic, who is second to Nikola Jokic in every single one of these advanced metrics that Jokic is leading in. The Mavericks are the fifth seed in the Western Conference right now, seven games back of the Denver Nuggets. But again, this is why I, I, I'm, I'm almost at a loss here. I don't know what's going on. If Jokic is the favorite because of the record, well, then Tatum should be significantly higher. If Jokic is the favorite because of all of his statistics, then when did we change this award? When did this just become about who's got the... I just That's never been what the MVP award has been about. And to watch the shift there, it's left me a bit perplexed in terms of how to approach this market. Because again, usually it'd be very easy to sell people on the Tatum 6-1. to one. Heck, what about a Joel Embiid 13-1? to one? Joel Embiid's knocked on the door of the MVP back-to-back seasons coming up short to Nikola Jokic. The 76ers, it feels like they win every game that they play. They started to find their groove. We know that since James Harden's come back. Embiid's got the fifth best odds. Donnie, it almost feels like he's not even in the conversation. No, it doesn't, it, which is kind of wild because Jokic sits at a plus 175. It's not like a plus 550 and everybody's after him here. It looks right. like we are in the month of January, midway through, and he's locking this up already. Like, I don't understand where the bottom falls out from at this point outside of injury, but it is kind of concerning here where you have other guys that are putting up monster numbers and not making a dent, not only doing that, Kevin, but losing market share. Yeah, I mean, you, how long did it take a, a Mahomes or a Hertz to get under 2-1? to yeah. one? It took all season long. Jokic says that averages a triple-double for a month. And, I mean, all right, build a statue for him, too, as well. We're talking divisional round after the break. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. 
Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The divisional round of the NFL playoffs set. We take a look. At the early lines, and in the AFC, one of the most anticipated games of the season was unfortunately stopped due to the DeMar Hamlin situation. DeMar Hamlin, all things suggest he's doing well, which is fantastic news. And we now get to see this game play out, this time in Buffalo, though, which has the Bills as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. Total for this game is 50-and-a-half. To start with the side, surprised at all to see Buffalo laying this type of a number to the Cincinnati Bengals? It, it does on the outset, right? Because going into the last game that they played, which obviously wasn't completed and was only about three drives in, I thought the Cincinnati Bengals were going to beat that football team. Talk about the Buffalo Bills. We'll never know what actually happened in that game. But moving forward here, opening up at the FanDuel Sportsbook, Kevin, at three and a half, now seeing four and a half, and you know other outlets here moving to fives and even higher. That's really interesting to me at this point because it shows a lot of faith in the Buffalo Bills, and maybe rightfully so, because the one thing I think is that war of attrition on the offensive line for the Cincinnati Bengals, which it seems, Kevin, every single week, it looks like they're losing another starter. You win on the defensive and offensive line. Last night talking about coming to that football game with the Dallas Cowboys and Tampa Bay. He said, no, just give me one breakdown here. Dallas is going to smash that defense and offensive line. They did that last night and won easy. I'm not saying the Buffalo Bills are going to win easy here, but this is a little bit different of a handicap than what I looked at just a few weeks earlier because another two guys are down on that offensive line for the Bengals. So to me, what this number, it is not surprising based on all of the Bills' numbers all season long. How quickly we could easily forget the fact that going into that game in Cincinnati, the Bills were favored in that football game. They were laying, now albeit a light number, they were laying a number, one and a half to two and a half. The number was moving around a little bit there, which meant that if we went to Buffalo, it was going to be a comfortably bigger spread. You were going to move past that field goal marker. The reason I thought this could be tricky for the books, maybe it is, maybe it isn't, is that you, this is going to lead to nothing but Cincinnati bets. And right now, the early return here on the FanDuel Sportsbook statistics, 70% of the bets are on the Cincinnati Bengals. That is yeah. the most unsurprising thing of all time. And this is not some public slander or, or anything of the nature. When you offer up Joe Burrow, plus four and a half, people are going to run to it in droves especially with the Cincinnati Bengals looking the way that they did in the beginning of that game, maybe factoring in. But Burrow has been a cover machine in his career. Absolutely fantastic. I know they didn't cover last week against Baltimore, which is probably still giving people some confidence here. Expecting this game to be close and down to the wire, that 70% bet percentage DRS I think only increases here because, again, it's Burrow plus four and a half. It is, but it's giving me a little bit of pause because it's, it's interesting. And I was like the chameleon terminology, Kevin, of being a handicapper, right? Learn to adapt to the environment that you're in. It's very easy to say, well, hey, man, I really like Cincinnati. I think they're a hot commodity. I thought they're going to beat the Buffalo Bills. Getting the vibes this week, Kevin, where I'm trying to build a case to take the Buffalo Bills based on the injuries to the offensive line. Now, I hear you on that. 
Probably not going to be able to run the football as effective. Mixon, we talked about it yesterday, right? Four or five straight games where it's like, you know, 50 yards or something like that on the ground for Cincinnati, which isn't going to get it done because if you're Joe Burrow, in order to sling it back there, that running game helps try to keep off the wolves of that front seven where you can't just bear down and say, I'm not even going to respect play action because I know you're not running the football. But that's the way I see this game lining up at this point. But also from a public perspective, you're right. It's Joe Burrow. It's Jamar Chase. It's a really good football team. What did you watch last week? Forget about you probably should have lost to the Ravens. I think more people are taking into effect like, man, Josh Allen can self-destruct at any moment here. Did you see last week the Miami Dolphins should have got beat by 30? They almost won that football game. I think there's a little bit of that narrative buying in as well. So I I guess so. But again, I just it's one of these things where I I knew they were going to have to put out a number. I was actually going to get people to get it to bet against Buffalo for one of the very first times this season. With this total, early weather returns in Buffalo, 50 and a half suggests that we've got clear skies and uh, should be expecting a, an up and down march uh, throughout Orchard Park. Is that what the early weather returns are suggesting? It's, it's, I love the fact that you brought up weather here because if you remember last time, while we loved all those prop bets in Buffalo, Cincinnati, you're talking about a night that was going to be around 50 degrees, I believe. No rain really in the forecast and no winds. And it looked like they were going to really get after it. This game, though, a little bit different, even from yesterday, Kevin, because you're still a couple days out being at Sundays, this game is going to play. Rain and wind in the forecast as much as 15-plus miles-an-hour winds where you know that starts getting a little bit interesting and some rain there. So yesterday when I'm looking at this game going to myself, how does this game not go over the total? Because if you have both teams that don't really want to run the football, electric quarterbacks, dominant wide receivers, this is exactly what you would want, right? No commitment to the running game, incomplete passes, and completions. That's exactly what you want to see. If it's not completed, it stops the clock. If it is, it's probably for a big game. But you need to watch this weather pattern all week long because if it does add rain and like 20 mile an hour winds, that's certainly going to hurt the passing game here for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So great point there. Early look on that weather shifting over then to chiefs Jaguars. Eight and a half is your spread. Is it not just the same thing every single time with Kansas city? Don't lay the, don't lay the over touchdown number. Like we're going to spend more time on this than that, but I guess I guess the more appropriate question is: surprised by this number at all? Did you think it would be more? Did you think it would be less? No, I think it's perfect. I, I think it sits in that like no man's land of a solid favorite, which means they're not going to give you seven and they're not going to give you ten. I don't know where this line is going to end up, but the FanDuel Sportsbook here opened up at eight and a half. Kevin still sits at eight and a half today, and I think it is right because also we have to remind ourselves: number one, Andy Reid coming off a bye, one of the best of all time to do it, if not the best, mm-hmm. and also. The Kansas City Chiefs are number one. They are coming off a bye. And you saw the last two weeks for the Jacksonville Jaguars playing as hard as they possibly could just to advance and now going on the road. There is no rest for the weary. You're looking for that adrenaline push here for the Jacksonville Jaguars. But I do think this number is right. How does this game play out for you, though? Because I love talking about these early week because we have so much, so many more days, so many more prop bets and you know, weather conditions to take a look at. But does this feel to you where if you take Jacksonville – you're hoping for the backdoor cover? Or do you honestly believe, like, hey, Kansas City didn't come to play. Jacksonville's hot. They're going to extend that second half, and they have a lead of 17 to 16 at the break over Kansas City. Yeah, so it's interesting because this is a rematch, this game, in the same exact building. The Chiefs in that uh, matchup 
were a nine and a half point favorite. I believe that there were some tens out there throughout points in the week, and it was a 27 to 17 victory for the Kansas City Chiefs in that football game. The Chiefs, though, were dominant. Classic Chiefs, up 20 to nothing. Then all of a sudden, Jacksonville was able to find enough there to make this game stay around the number, though it was still a Chiefs cover by the closing situation. I think what I'm struggling with with Jacksonville is that comeback was obviously phenomenal, but there was ob- there was a moment where they were down 27 nothing. Trevor Lawrence threw four interceptions. Are we worried about Trevor Lawrence turnovers in a playoff game? Again, maybe they could still come back, but you spot KC 21 points. I mean that's <laughs> ball game. We 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 know we right we know that I think from this Jacksonville end that's what's really interesting to me is what how do you view Trevor Lawrence coming out of that game but just complete and full trust or it's kind of one of those things where I'm probably going to get multiple touchdowns but I'm also going to get multiple turnovers from the guy yeah he's shown that for, for pretty much his first two years of his career right Kevin what were we killing this guy on just make the simple play. Run it into the end zone yourself. How many rollouts did you see on third and goal from the four? It's like you could make it in or just throw the football away, but it said you just fire it straight to a defender for an easy interception. I'm not all that high on Trevor Lawrence coming in from a winning perspective because I do think there's the chance that he can turn the football over. But if you're looking for a total perspective, isn't that what you want? A quarterback with a lot of turnovers and a lot of touchdown passes, boom or bust that we talk about so many times. I'm not all that hot. Look, Doug Peterson's going to have this team ready. This team has won some big games here. They're not going to be too scared for the spotlight. But at the same time, it still is the Kansas City Chiefs. And you're right about that. You give the Kansas City Chiefs five turnovers, they might put 70 on the board against you. They 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 really will. I think for Lawrence, what was so fat or so difficult with those multiple interceptions is He'd gone like something like 200 attempts without turning the football over. And Jacksonville's going to have yeah. to play a, a much cleaner game, as you mentioned. Same question as the last game, 51 and a half. That's a big-time total. KC weather, though, it could be freezing, but is there anything more to that? What are you seeing here early returns out there in Arrowhead? Yeah, keep an eye here. We're going to be in about the mid-30s. Wind, not going to be a problem, but some rain is in the forecast right now for that early Saturday game. Again, rain and light wind isn't really a big deal here. You just want to see how if it's heavy rain at that point. And also, PSA right now, which me and Kevin love this, and I point this out every single week, and it started with the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins a couple weeks ago. They take screenshots 15 hours before the game outside the stadium. How can anybody play in this? You bet the game, you go out, you do some errands, you come back, where's the snow? It's not even snow. It looks like beautiful conditions. Yeah. They did it with San Francisco last week. How do we even know a game can even take place because at 6 a.m. it's raining with a covered field? This game is going to be mayhem. It was pristine, it looked like, the rest of the way. So just keep an eye. If there's some rain in the forecast for Kansas City all week long or freezing temperatures, know this. The field will be tarped up to two games of four, two, excuse me, two hours before the game starts. Just check in for the game forecast here, Kevin. Yeah, it's a it's a very good point because I don't know why NFL reporters were on the field like I can't Love even it. stand up, and then they were like, "Man, look at this weather! This is unbelievable out here." I might go for a swim. It's like, what are you, what are you doing? Uh, we'll turn the page over to the NFC side of things after the break. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We flip it on over to the NFC. We begin with the Saturday game between the Philadelphia Eagles and the New York Giants. Third matchup between these teams. Eagles won each of the first two. However, the final meeting was a Week 18 game where the Giants rested nearly all of their starters. And the Eagles won that game 22-16. to They were up. 19 nothing, 19-3 in that football game, dominating. And, and then again, kind of foot comes off the gas pedal here. The first matchup was uh, at MetLife, and that was a 48-22 route that the Birds put on the New York Giants. Seven and a half is the number. Any surprise, any issue with that over-a-touchdown spread? It sounds about right. I mean, when the initial lines came out, that eight and a half, 45 and a half split was up there, and then it sort of settled in around that seven, which I thought was right as well. But yesterday, the sevens moved to seven and a half, and I agreed with that as well. Philadelphia Eagles are a better team. The same way we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs, the ultimate, you know, prize for this year, other than winning the Super Bowl, was getting the number one seed. So you could be rested and ready. Now, again, as you pointed out, the, the Right of passage here for the Giants. They did the absolute right thing by sitting out against the Philadelphia Eagles, their key players, losing that football game, were rested and ready, looked fantastic against Minnesota. But let's also keep in mind that that was a road game, that they won in the playoffs, that they had to expend a lot of energy, and they flew back to the Meadowlands. Now they're going to take on the Philadelphia Eagles on a Saturday night and not a Sunday. So the Philadelphia Eagles coming off the bye and rested and ready. That's going to play into it. It's just a matter of what you believe here, Kevin. Is this a Philadelphia Eagles team that's going to be a well-oiled machine? And I don't even need to see the defense on point, the pass rush hitting home, the offensive line being dominant. It just feels like to me if you get that feeling out of practice this week that there's no restrictions on Jalen Hurts, the sky is the limit. So if I'm approaching this game early on, do I think the Eagles win? Yes. Do I think this is a very good matchup for the Eagles? I absolutely do. Can they be widely over there on the Giants' side and keep the game close? Sure thing. They're a good football team, certainly with a very, very good head coach. But at the same time, I look at the Eagles' offense setting the tone. 
They should move up and down the field unimpeded as long as Jalen Hurts is right this weekend. And I look at that total 48 and a half. It is a division game. Sometimes divisional opponents play tough. You asked me about the weather in the other couple games, Kevin. Mid-40s, no rain expected, very light winds on Saturday night, a completely clean atmosphere for scoring points, which I think the Philadelphia Eagles will wind up in the 30s as well. Well, and that big-time total there factoring in the Jalen Hurts Eagles have looked so good offensively in their own building. Uh, he was with the Eagles at home. Jalen Hurts was 6-1 and one against the spread and 6-1 and one to the over before Week 18. Odd game, of course, right? So you can maybe somewhat remove that from the pile. The Eagles do run up against, though, the best ATS team in football. Now 14-4 and four when you add the playoff game in in terms of the New York Giants, which is why I do believe this number. I could be wrong. I thought it opened up at maybe 8, 8.5 and, and is now sat at 7.5. But I do wonder yeah. how much this number could move. Could you get to a flat 7? The Giants, it's one of those things where if you would have told people a month ago, kind of what we talked about with the Cowboys and, and the Bucks, right? Hey, a month ago, Dallas is going to play Tampa Bay. It's going to be two and a half point line. Like, what? Sign me up. No doubt. Things change and things kind of, people start to think, oh, give me Tampa Bay. Give me Tampa Bay. If I would have said a month ago, hey, it's Eagles Giants, you know, seven and a half, people would have said, I might have to lay it. Maybe it's a split room. But again, you're seeing early return here, 65% of the bets are on the Giants. The Giants have been good to betters. They've been great to betters, in fact. 14 and 4 against the number. Daniel Jones throughout his career has just been so dominant covering spreads as a road underdog. We've seen it time in and time out. You know, we project out some line movement here. I think that this is more likely to get to a flat seven than start to push the other direction because the Giants have become a team people want to bet on. They have become a team you want to bet on because you're looking at a quarterback playing very well down the stretch, and you want to take a look at a complete football team, not from a talent perspective, Kevin, but a coaching perspective here. Very good defensive coordinator. Dable on offense. They're controlling the side. Kafka has been very good as an offensive coordinator, and Daniel Jones headed towards a contract here, it looks like, with the New York Giants. Having said that, though, sometimes you have to take a little bit of a step back of what you're getting because I do think the offense has been better down the stretch, but it's also the teams that you are playing and sort of environments that you're playing in. After they got beat by the Eagles 48-22 to in their own building, they played the Commanders. Bad team, 20-12 to victory there. They played at the Vikings here. They lost that game by three points, but you saw they obviously avenged that in the playoffs and won that. But how good were the Vikings? Even though the record was good, nobody was giving them much credence here. Then you played the Colts, who were absolutely horrendous. Then a throwaway game, which you lost against the Philadelphia Eagles. And then again, back to the playoffs, where you did move the football and you look good at that. This Philadelphia Eagles team is completely different than the Minnesota Vikings. You're not going to run impeded through that secondary. The Eagles might have the best secondary in football. You're not going to have a ton of time to sit back in the pocket like you did against the Vikings. Why? Because one of the best sack defenses in the history of the NFL is going to be rested and ready in their own building and throw in some crowd noise. So all of that factors into it here. But I can't fault people for saying, hey, what do I think is going to happen in the fourth quarter? What happens if Jalen Hurts isn't all there? Because let me tell you something again. This handicap is going to be predicated on Jalen Hurts because if you get the Jalen Hurts, that's let's hand it off a lot to Miles Sanders. I'll run when I need to like three times. Or is this Daniel Jones type effort that you saw last week where Hurts goes, I feel great. It's the playoffs. I'll run 15 times if I need to. If you get a running Jalen Hurts, the sky is the limit on what the Philadelphia Eagles can put up here, Kevin, on offense. 
it it absolutely is and and again that's the interesting thing that 48 and a half number there yeah it it says a lot about the eagles but it it shows that now there's some trust being put in the giants offense they're gonna have to do their part for that to get over the giants team total of you know 20 right now on the FanDuel sportsbook while not monstrous again for Daniel Jones, what the expectations you know typically were, that's a good number there. That's a strong number. Let me mention Super Bowl odds before we get to the other game. The Niners have jumped the Eagles in terms of Super Bowl odds. I'm sure that this will come off somewhat like, oh, listen to the Eagles fan. It has nothing to do with that. This obviously makes no sense. The San Francisco 49ers being favored over the Eagles, if the Bucs won... Maybe. If the Vikings won, maybe. The Eagles are a seven and a half point favorite. Yeah. The Niners are a four point favorite. The only way you could even begin to justify this is if you think the Niners are going to be a favorite in Philadelphia. They are not going to be a favorite in Philadelphia, Donnie. In what world can somebody justify the Niners moving in front of the Philadelphia Eagles? In terms of Super Bowl booking. In a vacuum, it doesn't make any sense, right? But I guess if you have a sports book that took a heck of a lot of money on the San Francisco 49ers to win the Super Bowl, that's why the odds are reflecting it. Because you're right. If you're just doing simple math, let me get this straight. The Eagles are favored by seven and a half and at home. Dallas is favored, or excuse me, San Francisco is favored by four this weekend. Automatically, you think the Eagles have a better chance at victory because they're favored by more. And then again, this following week, the Eagles will be at home to the San Francisco 49ers and they will be a favorite in that football game so no it doesn't make sense here in the Super Bowl odds that the San Francisco 49ers are high what are you saying if the San Francisco 49ers get there they have a better chance of beating the Kansas City Chiefs or the Buffalo Bills than the Philadelphia Eagles that doesn't make sense either the only thought process behind that is a lot of money came in on the San Francisco 49ers therefore pushing them lower because mathematically it doesn't make sense what that number is telling you based on what you're looking at for the matchups this weekend and including the following weekend in the NFC Championship game and there's a market discrepancy because the Eagles are still favorites in the NFC. So it's just a very <laughs> odd set of booking there uh, that we're seeing in terms of that Super Bowl market. But Niners-Cowboys has a four-point spread. This varied there. There were some three-and-a-halves on the open. There was a four-and-a-half on the open. We're settling at four. You and I did this yesterday talking about where we thought this line would be. I'm not surprised to see the four. The Niners have, have gained a lot of favor. But the Dallas Cowboys still were seen as one of the best teams in the league throughout the season. This is your low total of the week, by the way, of 46. You were saying that if this was three, mm-hmm. three and a half, you were going to really want to be involved yeah. with the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah. It's a four. You factor in last night. Are you surprised? Are you running to the window on Brock Purdy? Where do you sit on a Tuesday with this number? I still like the 49ers. That's the way I'm leaning towards. And again, keep in mind, when you are a handicapper, you have to be able to adjust and evolve. Kevin, you know me. I loved the Dallas Cowboys coming into last night. So if you are a you know new to the gambling game, hey, let me ride this out, man. Dallas looked really good. Let me get after it. Like, no, I'm on the opposite side. I'm not building any case for the Dallas Cowboys to win or cover the spread. I like what the San Francisco 49ers bring the table. The matchup in last night's game was the line of scrimmage. You know who's not going to win a line of scrimmage in this football game? The Dallas 
Dallas Cowboys on either side of the football. That is a hellacious pass rush there for San Francisco, one of the better offensive lines in football on the opposite side, and a team, Kevin, that, oh, yeah, they can run the football, unlike the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which you force them to be one-dimensional and smash them. Are the Dallas Cowboys a good football team? Look at their record. Absolutely, they are. But San Francisco is that upper-level crust with the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm only looking at a way to take the San Francisco 49ers. Now, for me, I see the three-and-a-halves. If they were there, you get greedy. Can it drop to a three? I think it's at four. I'm not going to have any hesitation, Kevin, if we head into no-man's land later in the week, and I still like the football game, that four-and-a-half, five, five-and-a-half range. I just believe San Francisco is a better overall football team. And also keep in mind, you didn't have the bye week here for San Francisco, but the Dallas Cowboys played late on a Monday night football game on the road. Got to fly back there, then fly yeah. out to the West Coast. Advantage 49ers here, just on the rest alone as well. Yeah, that's true. It's a fourth consecutive road game for the Dallas Cowboys now. Uh, this game yeah. will be that, which is why it's difficult to be road warriors in the postseason. I, again, I, I think the height of this number is four and a half. I think we saw it yesterday. I don't think it's going to move much more than that. The issue, or so, you you kind of joked a lot about me not wanting to play Dallas as an Eagles fan, right? Because yes. of the of the Cowboys ceiling. However, I would have gladly played the Cowboys after what I saw last night. I know for a lot of people that doesn't make any sense. I don't I don't trust Dak to do that again. I don't trust that because that's what the Cowboys have done this year. I'll tell you this right now. We used to do this all the time last year. The target player props. I cannot wait to see what the Dak Prescott interception prop is. Oh, my goodness. I mean, if they drop this thing to, like, minus 140, minus 130 yeah. range, it was minus 180 last night. He finally goes a game without a pick. And is that going to be the normal? That's, to me, the advantage for the Niners is that they are in a spot where the ebbs and flows, the ups and downs, the up, the down for the Dallas Cowboys now coming into this football game. Again, I will say, the other thing I think is still important to note, though, Brock Purdy looked very nervous to start that game against Seattle. He found his groove. They were great offensively. And maybe he'll stay with that groove the rest of the postseason. Or maybe the Cowboys get up in this game. As much as I think that I worry about Dak, I wonder what Brock Purdy looks like trailing by seven in the second half of a playoff football game with Micah Parsons breathing down his neck. That's a different type of circumstance. Quickly, is the weather at least going to be nice in San Francisco with this yes. low total? Yeah, this is good, too. This might be one of those games where we're circling the wagons on some prop bets for players, even though you do have a pretty good defense on both sides there. 55 degrees, Kevin. No precipitation. No wind expected here for Sunday afternoon. So get ready for this one. The one and one? Yeah, that's going to hit in this game. Mark that one down. Whoa. Oh, man. We're five and one of the over so far in the playoffs. Yes. Multiple games in the 50s this week. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. The divisional round Let's go. is Love going it. to be sweet, sweet action, man. Uh, all right, listen up. Comes up next right here on the early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms 
and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Final segment of the day here for the early line. Series at Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Network with myself, Donnie, and Kevin powering through from 7 to 9 a.m., hitting all the hottest topics and getting you ready for your Sports Grid day, which includes Ben Stevens in the morning after coming up next, which KW will be a part of for that first hour. So make sure you stay tuned to that. A lot of stuff going over today. I'm really excited. Like, I love Super Wildcard Weekend. It's fantastic. But the divisional round where the big boys come out to play, the top seeds in the Kansas City Chiefs and the Philadelphia Eagles make their appearance in the playoffs. And I think if we can agree, all four of these games have a lot of intrigue from prop bets to side bets to totals. Keep an eye on the weather as we went forward to on a few of those games. But I am really looking forward to digging in all week long. So make sure you keep it here on the Sports Grid Network. We got to talk Tampa Bay, people. This is a massive offseason. You want to talk Lamar Jackson and Baltimore? I'm talking Tampa Bay today. So listen up. The future in Tampa Bay. What is the future there, quite frankly? Is Todd Bowles going to be the head coach? Is Byron Leftwich going to be left for scraps here in a few short hours and being fired from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as their offensive coordinator? Does Tom Brady still want to stick around? A plethora of free agents out here. Does Bruce Arians want to take the football field again and relieve Todd Bowles of his head coaching duties? There's a lot to go around. Is there a quick fix in Tampa Bay? Let's just say Tom Brady does want to move on, and let's just say he does go to the Raiders. That leaves a void at the quarterback position with some pretty good pieces out there, including Mike Evans and Godwin, and if they want to stick around. Or Leonard Fournette, is he getting up there in age, too banged up, too much wear and tear on those tires to be competitive? Is it a quick fix where you go out and get a Derek Carr or you get a Jimmy Garoppolo and you try it for one more year? Or is this one of those things where you see the writing on the wall, you did your job. You got Tom Brady. You got a Super Bowl. Is it time to restart once again? There are a lot of tough questions that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers ownership group and front office must actually answer and answer quite quickly here because I think Tom Brady is going to delay that decision a little bit. Maybe you make it for him at Tampa Bay. Who knows? But my goodness, one of those teams on the top of the pedestal may be looking to rebuild over the next few years in the NFC South. Make sure you stay tuned right now. Coming up, Ben Stevens in the morning after, right here on The Grid. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. 
See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 